The world is vastly unequal when it comes to education. And studies have shown that 53% of 10-year-olds in low and middle-income countries are unable to read and understand a short, age-appropriate text. Sadly, this gap has widened considerably. Pre-pandemic, 262 million children were out of school. And in 2020, during the pandemic, that number increased to 1.5 billion children out of school, with almost half not having the hardware tools or the ability to access power and internet in their communities. Education is the gateway to higher income and a means of breaking the cycle of poverty. However, children left behind because of the lack of access to such education perpetuates the wealth divide. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, we will learn how Soraya Fulati and her company, Jara, are providing a technological solution to expand access to education in all corners of the world, not just the ones with readily available power and internet. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Soraya. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and once again, welcome to all our listeners and viewers. I'd like to introduce you all to Soraya Filati, the founder and CEO of Jara, a company that is determined to close the global digital divide by building a distance learning solution for children in low internet and low power communities. Now, Soraya, before we get into the challenge that that exists for children and, and learning in particular in such communities and, and about JARA itself, I want to know a little bit more about you. So tell us, how did you uh, come to work in this field? Wonderful. Firstly, Michael, thank you so much for having me today. It's such an honor to be able to share JARA's story with the world. Um, yeah, so... Um, it's definitely been a life journey for me. It was around uh, when I was about 15 years old that I really decided I wanted to figure out how to make the biggest impact on this earth in my time here. And um, around that time, I was also realizing my access to education was my key to enable me to live a very empowered life. And, you know, I got my quality education uh, out of a lot of luck and it should not ever be luck. For someone's reason that they get access to quality education it's a basic human right but unfortunately we live in a world today where a lot of systems uh don't support um a world where every single person can have access to quality education fundamentally so um in that moment i made it my mission to ensure every child on this planet gets access to the quality education they deserve so they can really make their dreams come true um and it became a big fire inside of me because why why do some people get to be born into situations or fall into situations or end up in places where they can get access to the resources and why do some not? And we shouldn't live in a world divided like that. Everyone should have the chance to break their cycle of poverty. So this is definitely my way of paying it forward. Well, that's amazing. And and I couldn't agree with you more on, on both your... Uh, how much you value education and the importance of education, but also this the tragic situation that so many children just don't have access to high quality education. 
um, in every country, frankly, it, it's a, a problem. Um, now, look, let, let's face it. The world has gone through a pandemic. And before the pandemic, it was already a problem with something like oh, more than 250 million children uh, who were out of school. But in 2020, that number just soared to over one and a half billion children. Um, and almost half of which just didn't have the tools necessary to continue their education from home. So can you explain to me and to our listeners a little bit more about how does that, how is that even possible? What tools, what, what are the challenges that those children are facing? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and that, that statistic is one that a lot of people have been coming to terms with um, in this past year. It's been a problem we've actually been focused on. Uh, for our whole time building this uh, solution and um, working on this challenge. Um, we've been working on this for about five years. Um, so we were really focused on, um, you know, children in, uh, you know, areas with under-resourced classrooms and children out of school. And we were using the term emergency education before, which has now turned into distance learning. Um, and the reason this happens is, um, you know, for so many communities, um, that are in more under-resourced areas that also tends to be communities that are low power and low internet too, um, which creates um, a really big gap in the digital divide. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that um, a lot of people may not have noticed in this world of a lot of exciting technological innovation is that as so many on-grid, digitized, internet-filled communities and cities um, get to accelerate their technology, um, there's so many communities that because of infrastructure and where they're at and also being in post-disaster regions or being in conflict-affected regions or being in uh, economically low regions, um, it creates a giant, giant gap. And this really, really does affect the children more than anyone because um, for the children that are in on-grid communities with internet and more, they get access to Google, access to so many online learning resources that many people don't realize or even online learning resources, right? Um, but for the children and the communities we're focused on, it's, um, you know, because children don't have access to so much, uh, so many, you know, learning resources, they can't uh, close this digital divide and close this global divide and break their cycles of poverty. Um, so, for example, um, we've been very focused on, you know, post-disaster Nepal, for example. Um, and uh, after the 2015 earthquake, about 65% of children were failing national exams. And um, this was because there wasn't enough teachers per student ratio. Teachers only had access to students for even 25% of the day in some of the more uh, disaster affected regions. And children had spent majority of the day redoing workbooks and textbooks barely completed because of lack of um, good learning materials. And Nepal's not unique in having that uh, be a big problem. Um, that's been a problem globally. And then when the pandemic started, um, many of these communities didn't have access to the right tools to participate in distance learning because um, being in low power, low internet communities, the average smartphone or tablet isn't conducive towards an education solution because they either break, um, they need on the ground power to charge. Um, they also can be used for so many other use cases. So they actually get taken from the child often and used for adults. Uh, and also they're, um, they're often just worth more than even a few houses in the community too. So children have to keep them locked in the classroom and can't bring them home and own them. Um, so that's a problem we've been really focused on. And 
we've been working on a solution for that for quite some time. And I mean, when we think about how readily available in in the Western world um, internet might be for for most of us, even in the Western world, there are communities that just don't have that that level of of high speed internet access that most of us living in cities have just come to take for granted. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And and the way I like to frame it is I don't really like to frame it as, you know, like Western world and non-Western world or, um, you know, I I hear a lot of people tend to use the terms third world too. Um, I actually don't think those terms are even that accurate, especially a third world term, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of those were based off of, um, you know, a lot of discrimination and um, a lot of systems of oppression. Uh, so instead, we really um, discuss uh, discuss cities as, you know, uh, so like resourced and under-resourced, right? Because you could have in a whole country, you could have so many cities that are very resourced and so many cities that are very under-resourced, even in America, right? Exactly my um, point. So, yeah. you know, um, uh, I've been living in uh, the Bay Area and some schools um, some children in some K-12 schools, even in Oakland, go home to not having access to Internet and therefore having a gap between them and their um, other the other students in their class who do have Internet access to participate in more learning tools. So the gap is huge everywhere in the world and in every country. So the need is apparent um, and the the importance even more so. Let's talk a little bit about JARA and, and how is it that uh, you know, this tool is changing all of this for children. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so we spent a lot of time in um, low power and low internet communities globally doing ethnographic research, uh, you know, learning from and listening to students, teachers, parents, principals, um, uh, community leaders and more to figure out what's working and what's not working in these cities and these villages um, in terms of access to quality education. Um, we've learned a lot and through that process, we've co-created a really powerful solution called the JAR unit. It's an off-grid charging um, education device that each child gets and also works as a teaching tool for teachers. Um, the device charges off the grid with crank power and solar power. Um, it's all in one device. So the back has a solar cell, the side has a crank um, and it's able we're able to teach any e-learning content. and um, you know, even with this huge global digital divide, there's so many e-learning platforms that exist and they're phenomenal and they do such a great job. They just can't reach these children in these low power, low internet communities because of lack of access to proper uh, hardware tools. Um, And as an electrical engineer myself, I would never build a hardware that wasn't truly needed. Um, And same with a lot of our teammates too, we would never do that, right? Um, The only reason we've built a hardware solution is because it's the biggest gap right now. Um, And quality education can solve literally every problem in the world. Um, So we really built this powerful IoT enabled device. We're able to do updates and pulling data even in low internet communities. And that's an innovation we've built, which is really exciting all the way to um, the, we're able to capture a lot of powerful um, data to help us with measurement evaluation to ensure we're giving the right content um, and giving the right support for these children's education. Each region we work in has its own custom um, has its own custom uh, content, right? Nepal's uh, content will look different than Nigeria's, will look different than India's, just because that's how the school systems work. And we partner with e-learning platforms in that way too. So for us, we build we build the hardware. We also have software dashboards, so we have like this hardware powered SaaS solution here. Um, And for us, we partner with incredible e-learning platforms. So if anyone's listening, who runs an e-learning platform uh, for any country, let us know, we'd love to work with you. 
Well, I want to dive a little deeper on something you said. Okay. It, in terms of the innovation that you've developed that, that does not require the mm -hmm. high level of internet that other such programs might need, can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, not to get into the too too deep into the weeds, but just what does it mean? How does a device get updated with new content, for instance? Definitely. Um, so for us, um, there's so many things we've done to make sure we're building this ethically, sustainably, and co-creatively. All the features we've chosen for this is not just us in a lab in a corner. It's chosen by these students globally. Um, so what we've also learned and also done is we have worked with what the infrastructure currently has in all these communities. Um, so we're able to do this um, high level just over phone towers instead um, and able to bring our packages uh, to the units that way. And we also work with um, local community members to be able to have them be the ones to do updates, pull data and more. We hire them or also work with them through our partner INGOs too. Okay, so if I understood correctly, you don't necessarily need internet but just a regular phone connection is is sufficient yeah exactly amazing. Um, thank you thank you so we we only have a few minutes left here and i have so many questions um but the the last big question i want to ask is and this is a big question because the impact is huge 10 5 50 whatever it is years down the road you know, imagining that every child that's living in a low power, low internet community is holding their JARA device. What does that mean? What does it mean to that child? What does it mean to that community? What does it mean to the world at large? Definitely. Thank you. And that's the world we dream of. And that's why we're building what we're building. Imagine literally right now, right, um, with uh, about 800 million children not having access to proper distance learning solutions, we are, we have to, we have, we're at a crossroads as a world right now. We either can do everything in our power to ensure that they can get everything they need for their support to actualize um, their potential and you know follow their dreams. Or if we do nothing, we're going to lose this huge generation of children and we're gonna, our, you know, our poverty divide is going to skyrocket. Um, and the when we succeed and when we are able to impact all of these children and work together with the world that is about 800 million children who now have broken who now have broken their cycle of poverty who now have changed their whole the future of their families who are staying in their countries and not leaving to go find other opportunity elsewhere who are you know reviving their local economies who are innovating new innovations to change the world for those in the future too who are able to you know live just full happy lives imagine if everyone in the world does get access to that fundamentally that that there's there's no greater you know there's no greater dream than everyone else's dreams coming true right and this will also solve all of our global issues right if you take any if you take any issue in the world and really think about how do i solve this it always comes back to increasing access to quality information, quality education. So literally, we can solve all of our global issues, modern day slavery, poverty, famine, climate change. It's been proven that educating a girl is one of the number one ways that we can solve climate change. So it's it's the answer for everything. And this will ensure that this world does have a future and that we are building a legacy where people can be born to any situation and be able to you know, thrive in their life no matter what. 
Well, again, I have so many more questions, and unfortunately, our time that just passes way too fast. Um, but it, it really is remarkable what you've done and and what you're creating, the opportunity you're bringing to young people around the world. Um, so I just cannot thank you enough for, for your commitment, your vision, and the sacrifices you're making to see this this world as you just laid it out. Um, but also, I want to thank you for joining us today on Preview of Tomorrow. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. We wouldn't be here without our team. Um, so I just want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for getting us here and for the students that we co-create with every day. So thank you all so much, truly. Well, I want to echo those things to the, the to the team because it is remarkable what you are all are doing. But tell us, if, if anybody wants to learn more or get in touch, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so to learn more, please check out our website. Uh, we have a mailing list um, and we're able, we send updates and exciting, uh, you know, where we're going, what's how to join and more. Um, if they want to connect with me personally, please reach out on LinkedIn. Mention that you uh, heard me here. Um, and um, to reach out to our team in general, it's jara at joinjara.com. Our website's www.joinjara.com. We also have social media handles. Um, all of them are at joinjara. So please follow our journey. Join the Jara family. We'd love to have you. This it takes the world coming together. You know, for us, partnerships are the name of the game. So if you're any entity that is interested in partnering or working with us, please reach out to. Um, you know, this is that's how we make a huge giant system shift is the world coming together. So please join our journey. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Of course. Thanks. Have a great day. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.